0: Good morning. It's wonderful to worship the Lord as his sons and daughters. How blessed it is that we can be called children of God, as the Bible says that. You guys well? You good? All good? Hello to everyone online. And um, it's good to have you with us, but it's just wonderful to see you all here. And I just love to worship. We have uh, some things to get through this morning. So I'm going to jump right in, but uh, who actually watched the Super Bowl, by the way? Some, more, more than voted for either side last week, so that's, that's not bad. That's not bad. We ended up watching the rest of it in the car on the way home on the iPad. My son, the seatbelt, he was so into it. The seatbelt, he was like, ah! I was leaning forward to see the iPad. I was like, son, you've got to breathe, but uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. It really is wonderful to worship the Lord. So thank you, Josh, for your prayers. I I wonder if you could turn to Colossians 3. I'm going to jump right into this morning. But while you turn there, I'm just going to make an announcement real quick. We had um, our children's church director, Denise Fry, she resigned this week. Actually, I think it was last week. And so I'm just going to read you the email that we sent out so that you're all aware of it. Uh, No issues, no problem, as you'll see. Says here, we sent this to the parents, so many of you are aware of it. Uh, We wanted to let you know that Denise has resigned as the director of Children's Church. And you may not be aware, but Denise has been through an extremely difficult season over the last few months. She was out with COVID. This started actually, I think, end of November, uh, which led to viral and bacterial pneumonia. She got both, and then she ended up being hospitalized, I think twice, and then within weeks, you know, you just start to turn the corner and within weeks then she was, this was followed by an intense bout of shingles and she's still dealing with that. So, uh, she, of which she still has lingering effects. Working through physical health issues while continuing to pour out in ministry is unsustainable. And so she resigned this last week and you know, I've always encouraged people, ministry comes out of the overflow. What's, if you had a cup and you filled it up with water, What's in there is, in a sense, you and the Lord. What comes out of that is for others. To continue to minister when you have n- nothing, just and no one's fault, that can actually start to do damage. And so she's, she uh, resigned and stepped down from that. And it says here, i just read to the rest, we're incredibly thankful for all that Denise has done in Children's Church, which we are, and we fully support her, she takes time to recover, so she's probably not going to be here for the next couple of weeks, she'll come back, we'd love to celebrate her as a church, I think they're going to come back on March 6th, which I think is her husband's birthday, so you can all bring presents if they come, if they don't come, just give them to me, and we'll make sure he gets it. Um, But uh, Children's Church will continue in our absence, uh, and we will be working with the existing Children's Church team of incredible volunteers to facilitate the continued ministry to the children, and we trust in God for this next season. So we sent that out, wanted to read it to you all, no issues, and uh, nothing crazy wrong or just real life, can I give this to you? Please be praying for her, please be praying for the family, and... um, we're very grateful for what she's done. When she comes back, we'd love to bring her up, and we're going we're to honor her, yeah? We can show what it is to honor, and then I think she's going to go in there, and they're going to honor her there. So just be aware of it, and just be praying for her, praying for them as a family. Can we do that? Yes. That's awesome. So we're going to continue with forgiveness. Week number three, and uh, I'll tell you a little joke. It's not even in my notes many years ago i was teaching on forgiveness with young people a big group of young people and um so the young man stands up in the second se- in the second session after i've done one session on forgiveness and he says you know and he he looked so intense you know the dry when a person has dry humor and his face looked so intense he says you know you should never judge a person till you walk a mile in their shoes and then like it's a saying everyone knows he says because then you'll be a mile away and they won't be able to hear you plus you'll have their shoes <laughs> Dude, just go sit down Whatever. that was just great sense of humor but um so forgiveness we're in Colossians 3 I'm not going to try to recap uh, over the last two weeks I'm just going to read a few things but it would be very difficult for re- to recap both the last weeks I've had numerous numerous people just come to me with all sorts of testimonies and it's wonderful to hear their testimonies. Others you can just tell, and we've had emails, I've had texts, it stirs stuff inside and sometimes it it can stir up some interesting things in a person's heart. But forgiveness I, I read a commentary about this many years ago and he said he said this, he said, Forgiveness is the most godlike thing a human can do. It's the, it's the greatest way to represent actually what God's like, because He forgave all. It's not necessarily power. It's not necessarily signs and wonders. It's the most godlike attribute to just forgive freely. So, there are many aspects or facets to forgiveness. I mean, we've read this before. Forgiveness between God and man, which is the, which is everything. It's the context for everything. Forgiveness man to man between people. Spiritual principles of forgiveness, and we're going to do the last one. There's there's many more, but I'm just I just covered five. We covered four the last two weeks, and I'll do one more today. And um, and then how to forgive us? Christ forgave. What does that even mean to forgive us? Christ forgave, because that's quite a that's Colossians three. And then forgiveness, if we get there, and I'm trusting that we do, forgiveness towards leadership, towards those in authority. And I'm hoping to get there. And then how do we do that practically? We're going to do a little bit of actually do it today. Yeah? You're all so excited. That's great. Mm. All right. All forgiveness hinges on one thing. The forgiveness we received from Jesus Christ through his blood shed on the cross, the remission of sins, provided us freely with the gift of Of eternal life of everlasting life access to our father intimacy with our father because he died and he lived up to and in a sense earned everything because we couldn't fulfilled the law fulfilled righteousness and then was punished as the most wicked man who ever lived but he was innocent and he gave what he earned to you in his forgiveness all other types of forgiveness hinges on that one that's our that's our yardstick So, spiritual principles of forgiveness. We've covered four of these. Spiritual authority. That spiritual authority is tied to actually how you treat other people. And I can't go over that again. And how you forgive. To choose what we reproduce, I can't go over that either. But I encourage you, if there's a bitter root inside of you today, we're going to ask the Lord to deal with that. Forgiveness releases unto repentance. And when I spoke about that, I had a lady come to me just this morning on the way up she said you know you're preaching about forgiveness and she said so in this series I've been forgiving just issues between her and her mother probably long-standing I'm not sure she says and as I'm praying and forgiving over this time out of the blue her mother phoned her and started to apologize because the forgiveness was genuine starts to do a work in that lady's heart isn't that amazing And then multiplying the victories of Christ, when you forgive from the heart, you actually, in that forgiveness, just like Christ has extended to us, you actually extend an invitation with your forgiveness for them to walk in some of the things that you've actually fought for. And we looked at that last week. It's an amazing thing because the Lord is really smart. He knows how to extend victory. Everywhere he goes, he wins. And in Christ's forgiveness to us, he also extends to us an invitation Partner with us, and he gives us authority. And all the breakthroughs that he had, he said, I'm going to teach you, I want to show you, but first receive my forgiveness. And with that, there comes an invitation. So, we covered this last week. Now, forgiveness leads to freedom. We're going to look at this. The point of the spiritual principles we've looked at, I call them spiritual realities, things that happen in the unseen realm. That sounds super spiritual, so I put it down to just spiritual principles of forgiveness. There's many. It's not about the names of the principles. I change them sometimes. It's just what I've written and what God has shown me over the years. But the point of understanding forgiveness and understanding and letting it coming into your heart and learning to forgive freely and learning to forgive even as Christ forgave, which we'll speak about, the point is not becoming really good at forgiveness. It's it's helpful, obviously, to forgive. But if we constantly remain hurt, easily hurt, easily offended, we may be the best forgiver. You know, we get hurt and offended multiple times a day, but, you know, we know how to forgive. We're like a professional forgiver. Because I've listened to the principles, I understand what the Bible says, and I'm just going to go through a process, and I'm just, I'm like the best forgiver in the church. <laughs> if you get that hurt and that easily offended that frequently, let me ask you a question. Are you free? No. No. Forgiveness leads to freedom. Genuine freedom. Where what used to impact you doesn't cause a reaction in you anymore. Knowing <clears throat> as the yardstick with Christ, his forgiveness to us as the yardstick is the is everything we do, we take from that as our example. And knowing what comes with forgiveness that we receive from him, which is what? A new heart. There's many names for this in scripture. You see, Jesus called it being born again. You were born in the flesh, but you must be born in the spirit. You must be born again. Ezekiel, 800 years before Christ prophesied, actually 600 years before Christ prophesied, I will give you a new spirit. I will put a new heart within you. Ephesians, I think, I think it's Ephesians. Yes, Ephesians calls it being made new in the attitude of my mind, talking about salvation when a person gets saved when they give their life to the Lord. And Ephesians also says, sorry, I brought up all these other notes. Ephesians also says to, be, to put on the new man, created to be like God. I'm talking about salvation. Put on the new man. You have a new nature within you. The Bible, Peter calls it to be a partaker of the divine nature. Romans calls it to be made as one who is alive from the dead. All through the New Testament, it speaks about and gives it different angles, different understandings of what happens when a person gets saved. There's a a metamorphosis, there's a change that happens in the heart. And God says, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit within you. And that will cause you to think differently and you're going to renew your mind and you're going to start to think like me. And and he says, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. And in the forgiveness we receive from the Lord, he says, I'm also going to put a new heart in you. So that you don't think the same, you don't, in a sense, see people the same. Now, Romans 6, I wish we had the time to take just, just three or four hours to really go through Romans 6. It's a wonderful, wonderful chapter. Romans 5, I think, is the spine of the gospel. But Romans 6 talks about being free from sin. And Romans 6 gives this explanation like this, that when we were born on the earth and what happened in the garden with the deception of the enemy and they sinned, and since then we've all been born with inherent sin, our, the nature we were made in, the likeness and image of God, but that got we still made in his image, but it was bent and twisted and corrupted, the part of us that has fellowship with him. So we needed to be saved. We needed a divine rescuer, as the actual Hebrew says. So, Romans 6 says, now when you're born on the earth, you're born under a slave master, and it personifies sin as a slave master. Says so you're born under a slave master, sin, like a, sin is like a person, and he has a whip, and he whips you. That's what Romans 6 says. But the Romans 6 says, but when you get saved, when you receive the forgiveness that the Lord offers you, He takes you away from that slave master and He puts you in His kingdom as a son or daughter, and you are free. So what you are forgiven from sin, you get freed from. Okay? So some people say, well, the grace of God, which is unmerited favor, we get the favor of, of, of Jesus' life, really. What he lived, he puts on us as though we lived it so that we could have access and intimacy with the Lord. It's actually incredible, incredible, almost scandalous, the grace of God. So some people say, okay, this incredible grace and a new heart, I'm so free that I can just run right back under the slave master's whip. That makes no sense. If I'm free, I I can run back to the deception of sin. Because I'm I'm free. i just get forgiven again. And I'll just get forgiven again. And there's a cycle. Right? So that is used. Romans 6 uses this explanation to explain that what you were freed from in the forgiveness you receive. We are freed from sin as a slave master. So come out from that and start to live. Put on the new man with a new heart, with a new attitude of your mind, with a new spirit, and start to live in the nature that Christ has given you. Not to earn that, but because of that. Okay? So, with that understanding, I wrote this, living free from what you've been forgiven of is also how we learn to live free from having to forgive so often. Meaning what? Basically, Living in the new nature that he has given us. Living with a new heart, with a new mind. Renewing our mind with the word. This will take us from what we have been forgiven in a sense. It sets us free from. It also starts to change your outlook, your perspective, how you see people, how you see society. So that you're not constantly hurt and offended at every little thing. And every time you forgive, every time you forgive, that grows inside of you. God uses you for giving others to, in a sense, form that in you. And now the things that used to, you know, really, they just, it's like they hit you and they just fall. My dad speaks about be a Teflon Christian. Like, you know, you put something in the pan and it doesn't stick. He says, be like that. Things just roll off you. Living in the new nature that we receive from the Lord and knowing him because of that causes us to see people, situations, society, culture, everything different because it just changes your sight. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and says their eyes were opened but it was opened to worldly wisdom. The devil tempted them, said, oh, you'll be wise. I said, all right. And they were made wise with a corrupted wisdom. And their eyes, and they started to see in a sense as the enemy sees. And so, Lord, that's why, when even in the New Testament, it gives multiple examples when they are saved, it says their eyes were opened and they received a new attitude in their mind and their new heart and a new spirit. And I start to see things different, not immediately, but as you grow in the Lord. What you receive in the forgiveness. When you receive his forgiveness what you receive in that sets you free from having to constantly forgive everyone all the time every time they say the wrong thing look at you wrong they didn't smile nicely they and it's not just the big things the abuse what happened to you as a child the trauma it's not just that it's in the home you know you know like I don't, when you wash the dishes, whenever you do wash the dishes, you know, you don't leave the the cloth like that. You should put it here. (laughs) And those little things, over time, cause a little explosion. (laughs) See, everyone laughing, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Don't leave the door this much open. Mine is cabinets. I don't, I missed the chip in my brain to close a cabinet. I'll, my wife comes in the kitchen, and they're all open. And she's like, and I'm like, oh, are they? I, 12 years, I still, I, I'm trying. The Lord is helping me. The Lord's helping me now. Either that can drive her crazy, or she can just, it just doesn't. Now, obviously, I'm working on it. I'm trying, but it's not just the big things. It's the little things, and it builds throughout the day. Hello? So either you can become a professional forgiver, which is it's actually good. It's great to learn to forgive quickly, but genuinely. And all the sp- spiritual principles, they happen, and they actually take off your lens. That someone says something, and you're like, they must be talking about me i tell you what, when I hear my name mentioned somewhere in the church or I rejoice. Because it must be good. Otherwise they should be saying it to me. I'm like, man, that person over there loves me. (laughs) Hello? Rejoice! But in the home, in the business place, it's not just about being this I'm the best forgiver ever. It's This will take you and teach you to be free. Colossians 3. Let's go to verse 10. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man, that's the old nature you're born with, with his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge. According to the image of him who created him. Because that had to be, in a sense, restored so we could have fellowship with God. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free. But Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, as Christians, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. In other words, live from the new nature. Kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, that's patience. Bearing with one another. And how's this? And forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Forgive, the NIV says forgive as Christ forgave, which we're going to look at later. But above all these things, so forgiveness is necessary, but above all these things, put on love. So even above being the best forgiver, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body. So my focus, and be thankful, he says, that's for the teenagers. So my focus in the morning when I wake up is not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get offended many times today, but I'm going to forgive. Watch how good I am. That's a good start. My focus is, how can I love? Romans 13 says, you owe no man anything except to love. And love has no condition attached. Genuine love. John 3, 16. Many of you know this verse. We're going to look at it really quickly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yeah? Yeah? You see it in the football games, whatever, John 3.16, it's everywhere. Let's look at it. What did God do? He gave. What did he give? Love gives. What did he give? He gave everything. He gave of himself. He gave his one and only begotten son. unique. Begotten means unique in an unrivaled place of honor ever existing he gave him and it says of Christ Philippians 2 5 to 9 he let equality with God go in other words he was never not that he was fully God fully man but he let that go to be made in the image and the likeness of a man to restore in man what image and likeness was damaged in the garden what other king left his throne became like you to be a sacrifice for you to defeat what was going to defeat you and then invited you into his victory So what did he give? He gave everything. Why did he give it? Because he loved. That's what it says. Why did he do that? Because he loved. That's it. Because he loved. Not because he said, look how good I am at rescuing man. Look at, I need to fix what, no. Because he loved. Who did he love? The world. You. The Bible says he did this while we were still sinners. For what purpose? Why did he do that? For what was the purpose? That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, who is whosoever? I encourage you to read the Bible like this. Ask questions. Who is whosoever? Those under the power of the enemy... Who had once been like God in their nature, back in the garden, as he himself made them. But they chose another through agreement with his way of thinking, talking about the devil. 2 Corinthians 2 calls unforgiveness the devil's way of thinking in a sense. They chose another through agreement with his way of thinking, through deception. And that one, the great deceiver, blinded them by corrupting their sight and even their spirits so as to taint and stain the very part of them that has fellowship with their maker. Thus, they became lost, even enmity, hostile to God and his purpose. So what is love? Well, obviously we can read 1 Corinthians 13. But I see that love is providing freedom at great cost to yourself. So much freedom that you still give them the choice to take it or not. And you provide it even while they're fighting you. And they may continue to fight you, but you provide it nonetheless. That's God love. And when you get saved, Romans 5 says, the love of God has been shed abroad and poured out from heaven into your heart. The love of God, that type of love has been shed abroad into your heart by the holy spirit who was given to you so god when you get saved with this new man he says i will put this type of love inside your heart so he does this he puts his way of loving in you and then he turns to you and jesus says love one another this is how all men will know that you are my disciples that you have this, that you love one another that's forgiveness that's real forgiveness. Real, real forgiveness. It's not just learning to be a good forgiver because we understand the principles. And we do desire victory. And we do desire to, to see the, the victories of Christ multiplied. We do desire to see the increased authority in the church. We do desire to partner with him for the power of God to be released. It's all linked to forgiveness as we've been discussing. That's all good. It's all good and healthy and in, in the Bible. But more than that, above all these things, Colossians 3, put on love. Put on love. So that as you walk around, you can actually begin to love someone. But it doesn't mean they do anything or give anything back. And the more you forgive and forgive and forgive, that starts to grow within you. And you're not affected as much anymore by the things that used to cause a reaction. Because the enemy winning in this person's heart, how they treat you, you don't want the enemy to win here too. Make sense? Forgive as Christ forgave. We read it. But above all these things, put on love. But before that, what does it say? Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another... If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave, so also must you, sh- must you do. So, how did Christ forgive? Well, he forgave as an innocent. I used to get really mad. I, was, I did a lot of things that I, in a sense, got away with, even legally, we'll say, back in the old country. And, you know, great. But then, you know, whenever you get, disciplined or punished or whatever accused of something you didn't do man I would react I couldn't stand it never mind all the things that you know that I got away with that didn't matter but the one time you get accused for something you didn't do and my parents say did you do this no I didn't do that I'd get (laughs) so upset Jesus did nothing ever not once so to forgive as he forgave is actually to forgive after you've been accused of something, you never did. Does that make sense? He forgave because it was through his action, and he knew this, that he overcame the enemy. See, the enemy knows all too well what forgiveness releases, because he remembers the cross. And that's where he was defeated. So he will do everything he can to stop the church letting forgiveness flow everything he can. Everything. He really does. And a church that walks in forgiveness, last two weeks we've covered it. A church that genuinely walks in forgiveness, in one accord, is what you see in Acts. Secondly, Christ not only forgave forgiveness, not only gave forgiveness, he declared righteous. I'm not saying that you have the power to declare someone righteous to God. Only Jesus does. But righteousness means right standing. He bore something difficult. He bore the cross in order to give you something, right? To forgive as he forgave means you take the hit. And it's not just to forgive them say, I forgive you, it's fine. It's actually to say, you and I, we're in right standing they may not receive it but you and I you owe me nothing you owe me nothing no apology you owe me nothing we're good forgive and put in right standing that's a little different what happens to a person's heart when you do that some people don't care, and that's fine. God's going to work without. out. But a lot of people, they know what they've done or whatever, and you're just fine. You owe me nothing. You and I, were good. What happens in their heart? Oh, change begins to happen. That's what the Bible says. You pour, in a sense, burning coals in their lap, not in a way to harm them, but in a sense, the conviction of the Spirit. We take our, people always say to me, what what if they're going to do it again? Now, let me just clarify. I'm not talking about situations of abuse. I've said this the last two weeks. Abuse, get out. Don't continually put yourself in the position like that. So I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about trauma, those types of things. But as we go through life, people say to me often when I teach this, what if? Well, what if I know they're going to do it again? How do I forgive them? Well, that was essentially Peter's question in Matthew 18. Lord, how many times should I forgive a guy? And Jesus' answer, as we covered, you know, in modern-day language, was as many times as it takes, meaning your forgiveness to them is going to do something in their heart. But that doesn't mean you can't put in boundaries. That doesn't mean you can't just put in normal boundaries. You don't have to continually put yourself in the position to get whacked. It doesn't make you a doormat. People just walk over you. No, it doesn't make you that. Just don't hold it in your heart. Hello? Because we take our example from the Lord. People say, you don't know what they did. Well, he's the measuring stick. Is it above his forgiveness? No. Then it's not above yours. Because it'll bind you and trap you. It's no longer even hurting them. It's just hurting you. It's the enemy's tool. He wields unforgiveness over his people. Like this. To stop all the advancing, all the renewing of the mind, the advancing of his kingdom, even supernatural power, signs and wonders, the spread of... He just wields that one weapon. It's such a powerful tool, forgiveness. Romans 12. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. It says no one. That's interesting. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, friends. There are many times that in my heart I know as much as depends on me. I've done what I, but it's still their choice. The forgiveness of the Lord was His love was I will do everything I can, but still give you the freedom to choose it or not, and not change my opinion about you no matter how what you do with that. That's real forgiveness. It's like a, oh boy. You know, say to your wife, I love you, babe. She doesn't say it back. Now we're upset. That just means I didn't mean what I just said. Because I love you without condition. We didn't say it back. Well, my love is done. (laughs) Over. Shun, yeah. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Speaking about the Lord, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals, fire coals on his head. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's everything we just talked about. That's a powerful thing. Now, forgiveness towards leadership. All right. Help me, Lord. Let's go to 2 Corinthians again. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to try to go through this quickly. And I'm going to ask you to open your hearts to this. I'm going to be as Blunt and honest as I can. 2 Corinthians 6. Let's go to verse 11. It says, "Yeah, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you." Now, this is Paul speaking. Okay, what had happened? Paul writes to the church in 1 Corinthians. He planted this church. He writes there. There was some very interesting things going on. A man committing incest. while we don't sleeping with his mother-in-law. And uh, celebrating it, and in a sense saying, yeah, this is great, everyone should do it. So Paul says, listen, you've got to deal with that. You've got, to, you've got to deal with that. And so they do deal with that, and they remove him from fellowship. And they take him, what we see later in the second uh, book, take him through a process of restoration. Because all, all discipline, in a sense, whether it's in a house, in a, in a company, in, in a church, should be for the process of restoration. They can choose it or not, but that's the process. So that took them through it. Then Paul says, listen, get that guy back in. Like, Love him. Bring him back. Now, he says this earlier on in 2 Corinthians. But what had happened during that process is false teachers had come in, false apostles. And they started teaching things and basically saying, this guy, Paul, not a good guy. And they started putting all these burdens and heavy things on the people again because Paul was trying to set them free. And bring them into Christ. And so these leaders had come in as soon as Paul left. And started, you know, in his absence, started pouring stuff into God's people that wasn't truth. Okay? So that's what happened. And here it says here in verse 11. O Corinthians, we have spoken. Now Paul's speaking about himself. We have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us. You are restricted by your own affections. And that is always true of us in the Lord. It's my affections towards him often that restricts me, not his affection towards me. His affection towards me never changes. Now in return for the same, I speak to you as children, you also be open. He says, we've opened our hearts to you. You open your hearts to us. Then he goes through, and he quotes some Old Testament passages. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Similar to Matthew 18. Or what part is a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you, are all, for you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. Then he quotes three Old Testament passages. I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Ezekiel. Isaiah 52, therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. 2 Samuel 7, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And he says, therefore, having these promises that have in a sense now come to pass, which means Christ lives in us. God is our father. He will protect us. He is going to love us. He is going to take care of us. This is the covenant we have with him. So he says, therefore, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God, that doesn't mean perfect. It means growing up. Open your hearts to us. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have cheated no one. I do not say this to condemn, for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. So, I read this text because it's often what I see happen in the church. And it's like a teenager. There's a person in the teenager's life and that you know it's not good for your teenager. You know, there's a bad influence. Hello, we've all been there. Never me, I was a wonderful, wonderful teenager. <laughs> it's not true. So there's, and so the, the ones who actually love them tell them the truth, yeah? And they're like, well, I hate you, Dad, and off they go. They're trying to help them. I've seen in the church, people come in, you know, and they start to, not even with bad hearts, they don't even realize it, I've just seen it often, like what's happening here, and they doing stuff, and it's causing problem within God's people. So Paul says, guys, you've given the affections to them instead of to the Lord. Because what I preached to you was Christ. Now you're giving your affections to them, and your hearts will become closed. That's what he's saying. But when, when hurt comes to God's people from a leader, it goes really, really deep from any authority figure. Why? Because authority is to serve, authority is to protect. First responsibility of authority provide safety. So authority is to serve, authority is to protect, authority is to nurture, authority is to empower them, not you. That's the nature of spiritual authority, all authority, parents, bosses, teachers, coaches, pastors, whatever, elders. But when a person is hurt from someone in authority, that wound goes really deep. It goes really deep, and it hurts. How can they, especially in the church, how can they trust again? That's what I've seen. I've I've counselled, you know, in my office. They they sit there. How can I trust again? If I believed this person and they told me this, and I was wholeheartedly in, my antenna is off. My What's the word I'm looking for? Discernment is off. I now can't trust my own heart. I can't trust my own thought. It affects them deeply. And it hurts. It really hurts because trust is broken. It's like a form of betrayal. And so it defiles. The Bible says flesh and spirit. It goes right in to the person. Many people in this room. maybe, Maybe all at some point have been hurt by leaders. Many of you have probably been hurt by me. I may not even know it. Many have been hurt by leaders. That's just the reality. I know I was hurt by leaders. I now know they didn't mean it. It doesn't mean perceived hurt and intentional hurt feel the same to the person. Hello? See how quiet it just got in here? (laughs) There are situations where authority intends to do harm, but it's actually quite rare, I found. A lot of it is perceived. A lot of it is perceived. As a leader, you have access. It gives people access. Now, what I'm about to say, I'm not justifying anything, but I've been on both sides. So can we just talk together? Can we do this? Yes. Real life. As a leader, it gives people access to come and tell you things about your life that they see anytime. It's it's interesting. They take the Word of God and they put it magnify in your life, but how dare you say anything to them? But that's what happens. Honestly, I've seen it with my parents all my life. People come to him and like, well, you should be better at this and this and this. It, it gives people access to give you their opinion. You, if you react badly, one time, you do damage. Not because you're this great, powerful. No, because of the seat you sit in is authority. If you react badly, you hurt them. And that hurt stays there until they forgive, until they let it go. And you can be false, you can't pretend that it doesn't affect you. Hello? Leadership, real leadership. I've seen my parents, and you don't want to use yourself as an example, and so I'm going to use them (laughs) because it's true. (laughs) I've seen my parents go through extreme difficulty behind the scenes. I grew up with this. Great loss. Loss of family members. Loss of friends that nobody knows. Ongoing financial pressure. Ongoing physical affliction. I mean talking real pain. And people come to them in the home, in the office. I saw it. I grew up with it. Share something that in their world is this big. But in this person's world it's this big. And they're dealing with this and they're dealing with this, but they want this much attention. And people have come and, you know, when my dad had back operation, these times his legs would just buckle and, you know, people read into that. It's, it's crazy. People come and they, I came and he didn't, he didn't, he just like sat down. He didn't even stand to greet me. <laughs> he just had surgery. But they don't know that, he's not going to say that, I don't know my dad. They didn't smile at me. They didn't really give me as much. Uh, and, and now they get hurt. Right? That doesn't make that hurt illegitimate. It's still real hurt. It's still going to stay with them. They still need to forgive. They still need to let it go. They, it's real. Uh, but I've seen it over and over. Not their intention. They probably had no idea. And then it goes throughout... It's just, leaders, that's what comes with it. And actually, you can't get upset and offended and hurt by that. That's the call. That's the call. Love. If they do that, that's, then help them be free. And if they don't want to speak to you, take them to someone else who will help them be free. One bad reaction can do damage just because of the seat that person sits in. What did Paul say? Open your hearts. We've opened our hearts to you. Open your hearts to us. Don't don't punish current leaders you're under because of the last ones you were under. You know, sometimes I have people come to me and they say, well, we come from this church, and then they start to all about the terrible things in that church. So sometimes I'm thinking, well, in about a year that's going to be us, somewhere else. So I just say, you know, we're way worse at all those things. Try to bring some freedom to them. Try to bring some freedom. Try to help them through something. I wasn't there. I don't know those people. It's most likely perceived. Most likely not meant most of the time. But Paul says, we have wronged no one. What does that mean? Aramaic means hated. No, in other words, We didn't wake up in the morning, Paul says, and think, today I'm just going to destroy God's people. Man, I'm really going to get them today. He says, yeah, you got hurt, but it wasn't intentional. But it was still real. He says, it wasn't intentional. That's what that means. We have corrupted. That's doctrine. He said, we haven't tried to corrupt you with doctrine. We haven't tried to cheat you. That's finances. The actual word there is defrauded. Then he says, we live and die together. Because Christianity is from birth, to death. Dedication at birth. That's a Christian thing. From a child, from the time a child is born to the time they die. That's, it's everything. And Paul says, it's all that we will go with you. We will walk with you. So, when a person is wounded by those in spiritual authority, as I've said, it goes deep I've had it, you've all had it, every single person. My question to you today, even if it's someone in this church, probably Kevin, um, even if it's someone here, spiritual leader or elder, whatever, can you let it go? Can you forgive today? You don't have to answer, I'm asking you. If it was someone from the past, let it go. They probably don't know. If it was intentional, that's different. That is different. My wife, vulnerable on your behalf, she grew up in a church that went weird and became a cult. So they might have thought they were doing the right thing, but they stopped listening to the Holy Spirit we're back here. So I, we would consider that intentional. And it did damage there's a process of healing and trust and now she, she said I will never lead in a church Yeah, she is can we choose to be a church that knows how to forgive that really knows how to, everybody who's been in this church and left everyone who is in this church now the leaders of the last place the leaders of this place me If you want to come speak to me, happy to do it. To forgive. Because it's the great stifler of God's purposes on the earth. It is the great light dimmer of a church in a region. It really, really, really is. Make a choice. Make a deep choice. I will not meddle in other people's quarrels. When you hear your name, say, oh, they love me. It's a choice. To be in one accord. Now, how to forgive us Christ forgave, forgiving those in authority. I have noticed with parents and children. Children forget the one thing the parents do wrong. And it's like that with all of those types of relationships. Pastors, parents, authority, pastors. You know, you give your life to this child, you they live in your house, you give them clothes, food, money, sleepless nights, love, protection. You know, rubbing the back when they saw and holding, and when they're sick and it's gross and they vomit on you, it's fine. You know, your whole life, this child, one time, you do something. Four years later, they're like, but you did that thing. And you're like, yes, I did. And you know what's funny? They don't think about all the good. They remember the one bad. Why? Because it hurt them. Wasn't your intention, but it hurt them. And you can actually ask your kids forgiveness. That doesn't take your authority away. I do that with my parents because my dad did it with us. And I never forgot it. I said to my son, I shouldn't have done that. And I apologize, I was wrong. You know what? Children forgive like that. Oh, that's fine, I love you, dad. Off they go. But why? He doesn't know. Now I know that's not going to come up in five years' time. Because it's now gone. Can we do that in the church, though? How to forgive? We better actually do this. How to forgive? I'm trying to make this as practical as I can. We're going to put a prayer up at the end. So, firstly, as you start to do this, practical things to remember: Jesus is our measuring stick. Number one, just four basic things to remember. It's an act of your will. Of your will, you're never going to feel like doing it. No one wakes up and says, "Today, I'm just going to forgive everyone." So, it's an act of your will. Jesus has the measuring stick. How do you know the cross hurt? Do you think it hurt? Yeah? What did he say? John 6 I have not come down from heaven to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So Jesus had to make a decision in his will. I choose to do this. He said to Pilate just before the cross, For this reason was I born. But struggle in Gethsemane. God, if there's another way, Father. But nevertheless, not my will. It is a will. He didn't feel like doing it. It hurt. It's an act of your will. Their forgiveness is not necessary. You can forgive someone until you're blue in the face, and they may not forgive you back. But you're free. Thirdly, forgiveness does not always mean reconciliation. Forgiveness is up to you. Reconciliation is up to both. Up to both. Don't make reconciliation a condition in your heart. You know, you forgive them, then you envision in your heart, now I want to reconcile, I'm going to go and try to reconcile. You never reconcile to an abuser, we understand that. But I'm going to reconcile with this person. And it doesn't go like you saw in your head. Now you're all sorts of mad. Well, I came to forgive. <laughs> Why are you going to learn some more about forgiveness then? Because it didn't go how you planned it. Forgive freely. It doesn't matter what they do. People are not aware of what it's done to you. Christ is the measuring stick. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. People that sit, and I've I've seen it with my parents, I've seen in my office, they come and they sit there, and you see the pain, you see the hurt. When that person hurt them, even if it was severe, if it was abuse, even if it was intentional, they're not aware of what it's doing to this person, what it does to them ongoingly, how that causes them to raise their children, what it does to this child and they They don't see all of that. They don't. It's almost always true, Father forgive them. They don't know what they did. How? How to? I will encourage you. There's a forgiveness prayer there's many out there. We put this one together. You can pray this forgiveness prayer. We're going to do it corporately. But if it's something long standing, if it's deep, if it's something from childhood, if it's severe, go home. Don't wait. I implore you today. Go home. Find somewhere private. Begin to write a letter. I forgive this person. For this, for this. Be specific. It's not, okay, Lord, I forgive all my friends and they, amen. That does nothing. It just doesn't have any transaction in the spiritual realm. Be specific. Let the stuff come up inside you. I forgive him for this. And when I felt like this, and when I felt like this, and now as I'm getting angry for that, and be specific. Don't be general and write a letter of forgiveness and then read it out loud. Today, Lord, date it. I forgive this person for this and for this and for this. And, I'd, and if you can get through it, do it, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again until freedom comes. Some people are not emotional So they try to do that, but it has nothing in it. That's fine. But say it out loud. So, you can go through a forgiveness prayer or write a letter. Write a letter. Secondly, pray out loud. I forgive. Out loud, not in your head. By your confession. I would encourage you to say things like, I give up all claim to this. I will not seek justice. I will not seek vengeance. I give it up. This no longer has access in my heart. Say that. This no longer has access in my heart. Today it stops. This will no longer restrict me, hold me, affect me. It stops because of the blood of Jesus. Then when you've gone through that, bless that person to the best of your ability. Just bless them. Lord, I bless that person. I pray it goes well with them. I pray you touch their heart. Don't start blessing them about all the things they need to be better at. (laughs) Lord, I I bless them because they are just awful. You know, not that. Just bless them. Then, if you need to, if you need to, often you don't, but you'll know in your heart, if you need to go to the person, go to the person. As long as you won't be upset if their response doesn't match what's in your head. If you will, don't go. If you want to do that and you're like, nope, can't. But you know you have to, if it's possible, take someone with you. A mature believer who will not be affected in terms of how they think about that person. Because they can love that person too. Take someone with you, if they're willing to go. Later on, when this is working through, ask yourself, What lie came into my heart when that happened? What lie penetrated me that I've been living now based on that lie? Whether it's identity issues, whether it's hardness of heart, whether it's whatever. There's a lie that you've now believed for a long time. And ask the Lord, what's the lie? What's the truth? It'll come up in your mind almost straight away. It'll come up. Boom. Wow. Sometimes it's strange things speak it out loud, that is a lie this is what the word of God says this is the truth what happens we're going to pray in a moment what happens if you're just not and many are like this, they're just not emotive people, they, they don't know how to in a sense, they, some people just don't know how to look into their own heart they're just not wired that way, they don't know how to do that, they're just very you know, stoic and so they try to do something, and they think it's going to look like something, and it doesn't match that. They're like, "Oh, it's not working." No, pray, conf- do, do you know these things, and let it be. If in your memory, even when you're by yourself, something comes up, you see something, it triggers you or someone, whatever, and it comes up. Bless them out loud immediately. Lord, I bless that person immediately. Over time, you will see you get free. If you're in conversation. And somebody else brings them up. These are real things. some of this've taken years to put down. I struggled with one of the elders in the last church I was in, and when I say struggles like I really struggled. I did not like this guy. I didn't like him at all. at all. And I, you know, there was many reasons I could have given to anyone why I didn't like him. And so I'm forgiving this guy he's a great guy but I struggled. And I said, Lord, and, but, you know, I worked with him. And so I'd see him all the time. And he would come up in conversation all the time. He's an elder in the church. And I struggled. And the Lord said to me so clearly in my heart one day when I'm praying, pick five things about him that are good. When he comes up in conversation, only one of those five things come out of your mouth. And that set me free. He would come up in conversation and I'd say, you know what I love about this guy? He's so good at that. People say, yeah, it's true. And then I leave. <laughs> that's, that's all I have to say right now. One of them was that he has a nice smile. He has nice teeth. Literally, that's what I could think of. I'm like, when this guy smiles, man, he has such nice, I'm dead serious. And people bring him up. I'm like, man, that guy smiles is awesome. And they're like, okay. I'm like, amen, goodbye. <laughs> you know? I don't know what else to do, but it set me free. If you've picked up, okay, we'll do that another time. All right, could we stand real quick? Dad, do you have anything you want to add? Sure. You guys, can you guys give us a little bit of grace? I just want to add one thing. Understand that when you speak something, the power that it has. What I'm going to use is a couple that get married. A couple that get married stand up in front of other people and make a commitment between people and between the Lord. And all they do is they speak a word. I do. Hmm. That night, when they have intimacy, there's freedom. Before that, there's not freedom. Freedom. That's how powerful the word is when you mean it from your heart. Yeah, that's good. I don't, I don't need that. Thanks. So, can we have someone? Is Clint around? So, he has a sacrifice. Clint maybe has some people he needs to forgive. Maybe it's me, and now I've asked him to come and play. Clint, thank you so much. Please forgive me. So, I'm just going to put a prayer up on the back. We're going to read it together. After that, if you want it, there's a whole bunch of these at the back. It's I choose to forgive this person for this, this person for this. Now the difficulty with doing this corporately is they may be next to you or there may be someone that other people knows, but you have to say it. Now you don't want to throw that person on the bus. So there's, I encourage you, there are things we can't do here today. We're going to have some people up if you'd like to come up for ministry, if there's something real deep, you want someone to just take you through a process, we're going to have a ministry team up here. I encourage you, with every fiber of my being, today, at some point, go home, go through this prayer if you need it, it's at the back, or write a letter, and begin to forgive people. You're going to do it right now, and if you Ask the Holy Spirit if you think there's no one. Just ask Him, Lord, is there anyone in my heart? I personally do that every once in a while. I've forgiven as much as I can tell everyone that I felt like I needed to. But the truth is, it doesn't. It, that stuff just doesn't get to me so much anymore. Because there's freedom, real freedom in this. And you become freer and freer and freer. But every once in a while, I just say, Lord, Holy Spirit, is there, any, is there anyone that I just... Sometimes it's straight away. Boom. Oh yeah, gosh. Let's forgive. Freely. So, prayer of forgiveness. Can we read this together? Is it up at the back? Can we read it out loud? Father, I thank you that you are forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love through your son Jesus Christ you have forgiven me a debt I could never repay I have been reconciled to you and I am invited into your presence because of the cross of Christ you did all this before I even knew I needed it and even when I was hostile towards you you forgave me completely and offered me the choice to accept that forgiveness and be free or to reject it today I ask for the strength to forgive others as you have forgiven me let's say that again today I ask for the strength to forgive others as you have forgiven me I do not want to hold unforgiveness or bitterness in my heart in any area that way of thinking ends today uh, today, I forgive all those who have sinned against me in any way. I release all claim upon them and I choose to forgive them completely. Feel the atmosphere change. Now, if you want to be specific, I'm going to give a little moment. I'm going to pray while you do that so you have some volume, or they'll play maybe a little louder. I encourage you just quickly. We've put it at the back. I think it's up there. I choose to forgive such and such for such and such. If it's little things or if it's just even a deep thing, let it come out of your mouth under your breath. If it's something you need ministry with, we'll come forward. Uh, You guys can come forward. There'll be a team here. Can we just read that one last part again? I do not want... We'll wait for it. I, I do not want to hold unforgiveness or bitterness in my heart in any area, that way of thinking ends today. Today, I forgive all those who have sinned against me in any way. I release all claim upon them and I choose to forgive them completely. All right. Begin to just in your heart. Lord, I forgive this person for this. I forgive this person for this. I forgive this person for this. I encourage you, if someone next to you starts to weep or starts to, Let them be. Don't hug them, don't touch them. Let them be. Could you turn them up a little bit, please? Holy Spirit, we thank you as these wonderful saints of yours. We partner with you, Jesus.
1: No longer with the enemy.
0: Holy Spirit, I pray the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes to your people. May we be a forgiving church, Lord. Lord, as the leaders, we many times, we forgive everyone who's come through you that has caused harm. We forgive leaders, parents, teachers, bosses, friends, as you forgave us, Lord, freely, freely, freely. You forgave us a debt we could never pay. And so we forgive. We forgive. We forgive. Help us to be free. Free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, today as a church... As we come to the end of the series, the truth of this does not end today. It goes on. I pray for those who go home and I pray freedom upon them that go home and begin to write letters for conversations between spouses to not vindicate each other, to not try to vindicate yourself. I mean, freedom. Freedom. Just forgive. Not try to teach a lesson in your forgiveness. Forgive. Lord, bring freedom today across this place and let it release in the spirit what it releases. Jesus, we thank you for how you forgave us. You were innocent and pure, sinless, Lord, but you were treated as we should be treated and you gave us your very righteousness. We thank you. We thank you amen if you want ministry there's gonna be some people could the ministry team come up there's some paper at the back for those who would like to take that home if you don't if there's not enough just let one of us know and we will give you some more bless you love you see you guys soon
1: good morning free life church and happy Sunday We are so glad you've joined us today. We would love to connect with you. Connection cards are a great way to let us know if you're new to us, any needs or comments you may have, or how we can connect with you. To submit a card, simply scan the QR code on the back of the seat or visit the Connect page on our website. If you are a first time visitor, please stop by the connection corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag we look forward to meeting you ladies we have a special event coming up for you join us for a screening of sight and sound theater's beautiful production of queen esther on saturday february 26th girls age seven and up are welcome at parents discretion please sign up to let us know that you're coming March 12th through March 19th, we will be engaging in a week of corporate fasting and prayer. We encourage you to fast during the week as you feel led, breaking the fast on Saturday. Prayer and Praise Nights will be held Monday through Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. and are open to all. A list of resources on fasting is available on our events page. Join us as we unite to set aside the special time with the Lord. Are you handy with a screwdriver? Is Lowe's your favorite place to shop? If that's you, we would love to have you help our, with minor repairs or maintenance needs. Projects will vary and may be completed at your discretion and availability. Use the code to contact us and be added to our maintenance team today. Here at Free Life, we believe in kingdom giving and we invite you to give towards the work God is doing. The easiest way to give is by texting free life Church VA to 77977 on your mobile device or go to the Give tab of our website. Checks and cash may be dropped in the Connect box at the back of the Sanctuary. Stay informed of upcoming events, holiday schedules, and weather closures by subscribing to our weekly newsletter. Simply text FreeLife to 41400 to sign up. Remember to learn about all our upcoming events, please see the events page on our website. Thanks for joining us today.